buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? Hey guys, I am recording this on my phone post-production because I already did the intro and everything good to go. Realized that the audio quality on Eric's end um, through his computer and I think the way that uh, he was situated, it's not the best. You can still hear him, uh, but just asking you to bear with me on this one. It's an incredible adventure story about him sailing around the world. It's awesome. Just kind of please look past the uh, quality of it on this one. And, you know, keep on improving. This is number 52 and stuff is still coming up all the time to get better at. So there's my disclaimer. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go into the regular stuff that I recorded now. Here we go. Hey guys, what's going on? It's really good for me to speak into this microphone right now and to converse with you one-sided, my favorite types of conversations. Just me speaking to myself in this room by myself. Today's guest is my buddy Eric, who sailed around the world. Okay, so it's going to be all about that. Sailing around the world with his dad for two and a half years. Epic story, amazing stuff. Um, makes me realize that I need to keep doing more with my life because there's some people out there who have sailed around the world. Um, so really cool. We dive into, that's a pun. We dive into all types of stuff, whether you're into sailing or not. I knew nothing about sailing and I actually knew nothing about his story. Um, I knew he sailed around the world because he is, um, the boyfriend of my friend's little sister. And that's all I knew. I didn't really know where he went. I didn't know the story. So you guys are going to learn right alongside with me. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. I got some awesome stuff coming out. And then your future, I'm posting to everything. Stoked to get this kind of rewrite the rules thing up uh, and Adam, up and Adam. And uh, yeah, so you know where to find me, alexalexstar.com. My Instagram is Alex, Alex H Star, and uh, Facebook and all that juicy stuff. Let me know if you got anybody in mind. I'm looking for guests for the next three months. Um, I got a couple lined up, but if anybody knows somebody that they would recommend or that they think would be great for me to talk to, to be on the show, uh, please, please, please DM me, slide on in there, Facebook, whatever you got to do, uh, find me, would love to talk to them and see what's up. All right, guys, enjoy this episode with Eric. My man, welcome to El Show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So you are the first person I've ever had on my podcast that I made a conscious decision to not look up anything. Like I don't, I didn't ask. We got put in contact through, because I know your girlfriend's sister from high school, right? Okay. But she just said, oh yeah, right? Like Amanda's boyfriend has sailed around the world. You should talk to him. I said, cool. Don't tell me anything. So I have no idea where you went. I have no idea about anything, which I think is actually going to be pretty cool because it'll. I'm actually going to be asking questions that I have no idea about. It's not like I know where you went and I'm like, oh, tell the audience again where you went. I have no idea. So right you sailed around the world. Talk to me about how the fuck. Where did you grow up? I am from Naples, Florida on the West Coast. Uh, okay. Southwest, it's like more or less straight across the state from Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. Okay, cool. Uh, like three hours south of Tampa. Um, and yeah, the kind of like super time frame for what initiated this trip, or like how you know how that got going, was I was at school. Um, my dad got a boat while I was away, and you know we'd sailed. He grew up sailing. I. I've sailed when I was a kid, um, but never like really seriously or intensely. Um, but when I graduated and I moved home for a job, he had this boat and we, we sailed it all the time. We took a few trips to the Bahamas. Um, they went up, my parents went up to Maine and back, um, one summer. And I had always kind of toyed around with the idea jokingly mostly about like oh i'm just gonna like get a boat and sail around the world and just leave you know be sweet but 
I read this article about this guy who was, uh, had a good job. He was working like in finance like I was. Um, and he just kind of decided, you know, I'm going to just go off cruising. Um, and I didn't, I mean, I guess if you, if you're around sailors, that's just like a totally normal thing to do. You're just like, well, we're going to go cruising, but I never really even considered it a possibility, you know, um, to just kind of get a boat and leave your life behind at least for like a little while, you know? Um, but I kind of like in that moment almost made it like, all right, this is happening. I went from like, it wasn't even a concept to this, this has to be the case, like kind of right away. Um, so I started saving up and I was like, I'm going to get a boat. Um, it eventually just one way or another became, oh, you know what? Actually, my dad's got this boat and he wants to go cruising too. Um, he didn't realize he kind of wanted to until I moved home. So it was like a, you know, it all, it worked out that, that we were both there at the right time together. Mm-hmm. So he, he and I prepared the boat and, um, you know, he did more of the boat prep stuff because I was in work, uh, at work all day. He was retired. Um, and I did a lot of the like planning, you know, route planning, looking at the weather, understanding like where we needed to be and when, um, you know, kind of big, big picture stuff and, uh, researching the countries and where we wanted to go, uh, all that, all that stuff. So, um, we left Florida in November of 2013. And, um, the goal was to do a, a tropical circumnavigation. And when, you know, when you do that, you're basically sailing from east to west with the, uh, with the trade winds behind you, you know, they blow from the east. So you just kind of have the wind behind you and it just pushes you along the whole way. It's actually pretty. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? It's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do me a favor real quick. Take out a, take your, take the headphones off one more time and just use the computer real quick and just like unplug them. Okay. Let me see. Um, is that any better? Now talk. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can. Hear, I can hear you before too. I'm just trying to see what's a little better. I mean, it was fine before. Okay. I'm just trying to see. Um, I think that's a little better. Wait, dude. All right. So hold on. There's a, you got there. You you just get, get so many like a whole rundown there. Um, yeah. Who's the guy? So this is somebody that's retired. How did you know him? It was my. Your what? My my father, my dad. Oh, your dad, your dad. Okay, I didn't catch that part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Japan. sorry. My dad. Yeah. So my dad and I went off cruising. Um, my mom was really not that interested in doing that. She was like, you know, I've got this great life here. I've got my friends, and uh, you know, her her elderly parents lived in town. Um, my grandma still lives in town. Uh, my my grandpa passed away. Um a little while ago um you know so she was like i don't really want to i mean she's not that adventurous either to be honest like she just kind of likes her little life she like you know she's got a list for everything a little schedule you know that's kind of her world i'm going to go sail across the ocean um but to her credit she actually sailed with us here and there you know she was with us um from cayman islands through to Panama and now and then on to the Galapagos. And then she joined us again um, in like South French Polynesia and sailed all the way to Fiji with us. And then she really didn't sail with us the rest of the time, pretty much. She joined us in the Caribbean again for just the last little few months or so of like very, very short little day hop kind of sailing. Um, but all the big stuff my dad and I did. And then later on, after I met Amanda, uh, she did, you know, she did half the world with us. Um, more than half, more than half the world, to be honest, like probably at least 60% of the miles. Um, so she's, she's done some serious ocean sailing with us for sure. That's gnarly. You know, so, way, way more miles than most other sailors have ever done. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Wait, what's the, what's the, what is it? 26,000 miles is the circumference of the earth. Is that right around there? Yeah, something like that. That sounds about right. I think our total trip was um, it was about thirty thousand total. Thirty thousand. Damn. Yeah. So you knew, so you were in finance and you were just doing your thing after college, and then you quit and said, "I'm leaving for a year and maybe I'll be back," or you just quit and and bounce. No, I um I worked at a it wasn't like a small company, but we. You know, we, we each kind of had a pretty specific role. And if I just like gave my two weeks of 
uh, the company would be like, whoa, they'd be in chaos. So I actually let my boss know like six months before I left. I was like, hey, I'm going to be leaving in October. Um, and he told me like right when I started saying this, he thought I was going to say, oh, to go back to grad school or to do such and such or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to be leaving in October because my dad and I are going to sail around the world. And he was like, that's awesome. He was like so stoked. He like, I swear, he like jumped up and high fived me or something. He was like, and he was not a guy to, he was like pretty, he's a great guy, but he's like a nerd, right? Yeah. And uh, so he was like, oh, that's, oh, he didn't know how to react. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I told them, I was like, he's like, well, you know, if you're, I, we, we planned to be gone for two and a half years. The, uh, the trip actually ended up being like, we basically stayed on schedule with everything. We didn't like take an extra year in some part of the world or anything. It would have been great, but I didn't have the amount of money saved up for like a, you know, a nonstop trip. And my dad was basically away from my mom for a lot of this time. So he was like, kind of, you know, two and a half years was long enough. That's a long uh, time, man. That's a really long time. I had no a idea. Long was... trip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from, from when we started to when we got back, obviously, I mean, I was in like a very light, different life phase at that point. You know, I was, I had, I just worked for a couple of years when we left. And then by the time I got back, I had met Amanda and we were going to move out to California. And, um, I'd kind of had this, we both had this big adventure. Cause she was off traveling for the last three years too. We had actually a very, it was really funny that we had like a really similar experience for the last few years where we like, we had this idea and we just left. America behind to go travel and explore and do all that. And then, you know, we got back at the same time and kind of had to get grounded again, move back out here and got a job, you know? Yeah. I want to hear, uh, yeah. What's that transition like? And I want to hear way more about the actual trip and stuff, but like, what's that transition? What's that transition been like? I'm totally super used to it by now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think about cruising all the time, and like I, I desperately want to go again. Uh, it's not that's not something that's behind me. Um, it's just an issue of kind of putting it all together again and, and figuring out a way to to not come back and have the transition that we had this time, where we come back and you're just broke and you've been off traveling, but now it's like, all right, I've got no money left. I'm moving to a new place. I'm starting completely from scratch. Got to find an apartment, find a job you know, do, do every, get buy a car, get a cell phone, you have to do everything brand new all at once. And it was, it was pretty difficult at first. Um, and I'd never even been out to California before. So it was like a whole new state and all that. Um, but we eventually, you know, we got jobs and it, it all kind of slowly fell into place. And now I feel like things are quite, um, quite solid by now. You know, we, we've been out here almost two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always quite. It's always a crazy transition when you go from that type of lifestyle, then you come back and man, it's like you you miss what you had before, but you also don't really want it back for a while. You know, you're like, no, no, I I want to just be in one place, but you also, yeah. at least for me, I find myself daydreaming about like just drifting around the ocean or like drifting around traveling wherever you're at, um, and like you don't want it back, but you just keep thinking about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Traveling is contagious. I mean, not contagious. It's addictive. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, there's always somewhere else to go, other people to meet, something else to do, or even go back to places that you love that you've since left. You know, I mean, I, there are definitely like parts, uh, you know, portions of our, our travels that I would relive for sure. You know, it doesn't, it, if we went cruising again, it didn't, it wouldn't have to be a different route. It could be, a lot of the same places to see again and then maybe deviate here or there to do you know oh stuff we you maybe you felt like you missed out on or yeah um yeah i think it's so yeah. it's it's so addictive because you know day to day you have to f force yourself to do new stuff or get out of your yeah. comfort zone where travel is just built into the experience right oh yeah it finds you like it finds you yeah thing, like i said earlier oh it was, it was easy you know to go sail around the world I was joking, but I mean, I was, the sailing part was kind of the easiest part in some ways, like figuring out all the official stuff you have to do to clear in and clear out. And, um, even just the mundane things of like provisioning the boat, like going to get, um, 
food and supplies, um, you know, for when you're going to be away from stores for a long time and, and trying to do that occasionally in shops that are really poorly stocked and really expensive. Uh, you know, it's like a, a difficult thing to, to set it all up and, you know, you're, you're walking to and from the store and, um, you know, a lot of times it's in different language or, you know, I don't know, there's like, there's a lot of small difficulties built into the day, like just yeah. going to the, the supermarket food was like a full day's work, you know? Right. Yeah. And like, don't you have to go like, if you dock in a new country, you have to go and exchange for the new currency and then go get your food and all that stuff. Yeah. And sometimes we had to get it ahead of time. Um, like for example, you might, um, there might not be any ATMs on an Island at all or something, or like you have to try to estimate how much money you might need. Um, when you go there, like when we went to uh, St. Helena and Ascension Island in the South Atlantic, they're on the British pound. And I'm pretty sure we had to get British pounds in South Africa before we left. Uh, I don't feel like we got them there. But I don't know. So what was the what was the route? Walk me through real quick the route. You start in Florida. Yeah. You take off. W like, just take me like a brief rundown of kind of the route that you guys went. All right, so brief rundown. Like I said, basically, it was a westward circumnavigation. We sailed from east to west. And so we went through the Bahamas after Florida and then over to the Cayman Islands and down to Panama. Oh, through the canal. Okay. Through the canal, yeah. Wow. Uh, which was, like, kind of cool, kind of, I don't know. We were. I was happy to just – you're done with it in two days. You know, you're kind of just through it. It's super hot. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I did a uh, I did a race down there a couple of years ago in Panama City, and it, the sun oh, really? is, the sun is relentless. Yeah, my buddy got like yeah. third degree burns. <laughs> well, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, dude, I'll show you a picture. Oh. It's hysterical, though. <laughs> <laughs> so from from Panama, then like boom, we're in the Pacific Ocean. That was a really big milestone. Um, and then we crossed the Pacific. Uh, we sailed south from. Panama to the Galapagos and then on to Easter Island, which was super cool. Um, and then to Pitcairn Island, which is a, a cool little spot to research um, history of like the mutiny on the bounty and all that was prevalent. Um, and then all through po French Polynesia um, to the Sawara, which is part of the Cook Islands, Tonga and Fiji, and then down to New Zealand. And that was like one calendar year from November to the next November. And then we were in New Zealand all the way until uh, mid-May. So that's, that was like this long, uh, you know, the only place we really, well, one of the only places we stayed for that long. You know, we, we were there for six months. We met Amanda, um, convinced her to come sailing with us for the rest of the time. And then when we left New Zealand, we headed up to uh, Australia by way of, uh, New Caledonia for a couple days actually went north of Australia. Um, we did not go to Indonesia. We wanted to. We didn't get the permitting process all sorted out in time. It was going to take like four weeks or something. We just didn't do it soon enough. Uh, we kind of backed on that one. But um, Australia's got a couple territories. These these couple islands that are in the Indian Ocean, you know, west of Australia. Mm -hmm. so we went there, and then you're over to. Um, um, Reunion Island, or sorry, um, Rodriguez Island, and then Mauritius and Reunion, which are like French, and then to South Africa. And that was the other place we spent um, a good bit of time. We did three months in South Africa, which was really, really fun. Met a bunch of, you know, just like in New Zealand, you actually meet some like local friends and you're hanging out and I, I would go surfing and um, we would, you know, barbecue in the evenings and, uh, you know, you just kind of feel like a feel like a local for a while. Yeah, yeah. Did a bunch of boat work. Um, you, know, you catch up on stuff that's been lagging while you're off sailing. And then uh, it was just a really, really long trek up the Atlantic Ocean. You know, from from the point in South Africa where we arrived, that was on the the east coast. Um, we, so we had to sail around to Cape Town, and then um, yeah, and then up the Atlantic Ocean, just just a couple stops, just. Uh, St. Helena and Ascension Island, which are British, and then into the Caribbean. So um, Amanda actually wrote a blog post about that Atlantic crossing. It was 48 days, um, I think 38 of which we were sailing. That so was like 
a very long time just kind of you're just sailing and sailing slow and it was really really hot and it just it feels you know long it feels like a bit painful sounds like purgatory along and you know it's beautiful yeah that's what i was curious about so that, that was the longest stretch of just open sea so it was 38 days of open water uh well we did uh it was 38 no how long was it it was 48 days of sailing um it was like 12 and a half to get to saint helena and then we were there for like five days then six and a half to get to ascension again there for like five days and then it was 20 days to the caribbean so 20 days was the longest stretch of no land yep. that was the longest um both in miles and in time yeah it was like 3200 nautical miles so it was um you know it was over 10 percent of our total miles in the whole world and uh yeah it took 20 days it was actually a nice little trip it was just uh super hot what are you so doing what, what are you what are you doing you wake up one of those 20 days what, what's the morning look like like what does the typical so, day look like yeah when you're offshore it's actually kind of nice you know most days are pretty it's like a i likened it to a you know it's just a lazy sunday when you when you're offshore every day is lazy sunday um yeah you, know, you have a little bit of work to do here and there maybe you do a sail change maybe you reef Maybe you un, you know, you put up more sail, less sail. You change the sail plan a little bit, but basically you're just hanging out. You're cooking some food. You're reading a book. You're watching a movie. Um, my normal routine, if I had to put it kind of hour by hour, would probably be wake up. You assess the sail plan. You know, you usually overnight you'd have a little bit less sail up than you might want to have, just to be conservative. You know, um, keep it keep it pretty conservative at night. It helps you just sleep and you know, you know, every little bump or noise you hear, you're not like, shit, what was that? You know, something's breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then in the morning we'd usually put up a little bit more sail, um, cook breakfast, uh, kind of just, just honestly just kind of zone out a lot. You just look at the waves. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm just picturing yeah. like getting just, land and just being just, like, it was a dream. It's kind of zen-like, you know, sometimes, if, especially if the weather's good or you're just moving along really nicely. Like if we were sailing, if we were sailing slow and I was trying to figure out maybe if we needed to change something or if we were just hauling ass and I was just enjoying it, I would spend a lot of time um, just sitting in the, we called it the captain's chair. It was kind of like behind the steering wheel and where like the winches and some of the, you know, the chart plotter and stuff was, it was like the little command center. I would just spend a lot of time just sitting there, just kind of just looking at the waves, looking at the wind, watching our progress, just trying to get a really good picture, you know, moment to moment of if I felt like we needed to change anything or if I was just satisfied with, with how things were going. Um, in the afternoons, Amanda and I would uh, make a point of saying, hey, Dad, you're on watch. We're going to go watch a movie. And we would just... Uh, we just picked some new movie. Like we had a bunch of them that, you know, cruisers, they kind of, you share, you share movies that you've got on like a drive or something. Um, sorry, movie pirate people, but we would do that here and there. And, uh, you know, we'd just go pick another movie or, or a TV show. That was the ideal. You know, if you had like a, like a series that you could just binge watch and help pass the time a little bit. Um, yeah. Like Vikings. We watched a lot of Vikings when we were out there. Uh, but yeah, just like, honestly, just, it's very similar to if you just have to kill a day, it's like a rainy day or something. You're like, I'm not going outside. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to hang out and I'm going to mm. be in my pajamas and do whatever you want to do that day. Other than just, you know, you just got to keep the boat moving. But, uh, that basically does itself mostly, you know, if you were, if you were okay with sailing slow, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's, it's only... Uh, you know, trying to optimize or like feeling like, oh, I feel like we could do a little better. or Maybe we could take advantage, you know, look at the weather. Uh, I would look at weather a lot. Um, that would actually take up a good bit of time because you can't just like hop on the internet and look at the forecast. Um, what, do you do? Oh, what do you do? Oh, yeah. Let me explain. I, I forgot about that aspect of it. Um, it was like a whole thing trying to get our emails and trying to get weather files and stuff. So we had, uh, we had an SSB radio, a single sideband radio. And it operates over really, really long distances. I'm not 
I don't really understand the physics of it per se, but it's like pretty low frequency um, radio, and uh, you get you can use it. You can hook it up to a, a modem, and and like plug into these like weather stations that are all over the world, and you use you know whichever one is kind of closest or has the best uh, you know the best reception for where you are, and you'd have to like send out these. Um, kind of like coded requests to get weather files that would send uh they're called gribs so like these little um depictions of what's happening you know with like wind barbs and arrows showing you the direction and the speed and all that Shoot. you could get like satellite images and you could get stuff like that um you could get the, the files for like what the current was doing as well not just the wind but like the, the ocean currents um and through that same service, we uh, we'd hook into our email address that we had for um, for our boat, and we called it sail. It was a uh, sail mail was the program, and uh, or the the service rather. So we you know we just spend some time kind of getting emails and and then um, sending anything back out because it's also very different from like an internet service. You don't just like open the email thing and it populates. You have to like try all these different stations and hope it connects and then it'll like it'll start like sending and receiving data but it might drop out i mean this could take an hour it could take two hours sometimes it sounds like remember dial-up only yeah. oh, I was, way uh, worse than dial-up dial and uh sometimes we like when we were in the indian ocean i think it was the indian ocean there was like really really crappy propagation for like days on end and sometimes we would just wouldn't get the emails at all for like a few days and then you know we'd have to like message my mom or whatever like when we finally got uh you know the the thing to work we'd be like hey sorry we've been out of touch we're dead just the you know the sale mail won't work like sorry Damn. um you never got too bugged out but you know sometimes you're like my dad would be you know uncomfortable with it i, I understand I, i'd feel that way if i couldn't you know, get in touch with Amanda for a couple of days and you're in the ocean. And you know, Probably. you know, if it's a mom, at least my mom, she'd be she'd mm. worried so much. She'd be dead almost. I bet. I know. Right. Her husband and son are on this boat and she's like, I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, dude. What are they? Send yeah. the fucking Coast Guard. It was actually really, really good considering, you know, it's hard to put yourself in, in her shoes, but she, she was a trooper. Yeah. So then... For the weather stuff, did you guys experience anything, like, what were the worst storms that you guys got? I mean, were there some moments that you were uh, sketched out or worried at all? Not really. Um, we definitely had a bit of, of bad weather here and there. Um, probably the worst weather we had while we were out sailing was, um, for a few days, my dad and I went through this low-pressure system in the Pacific Ocean. Um sailing between Easter Island and Pitcairn Island. It's uh, it's a, at a latitude where there's a lot of like changing weather. You're not really fully in the trade winds where it's just kind of winds just blowing from the east and it's all good and it's nice and sunny. Um, and you're not in the westerlies, which are way south of there either. You're kind of in between, you know, the tropics and the, the higher latitudes You're in the, the transitional zone. And there's a lot of systems that go through there. And, you know, we were just... We were just dealing with, you know, pretty high wind, like, you know, in the, in the 30s, um, but coming at us, that's the problem. If it's behind you, it's easy. The waves are behind you. They're pushing you. It's, you know, it's similar to, it, like, it's really, really easy to come in from a surf session, but sometimes it's really hard to paddle out, you know, yeah, yeah. going into the waves and they keep just mashing you backwards. And, and that's kind of what it's like if you're going into the wind versus with the wind. Uh, with the wind, it's, it's smooth. Even if the waves are pretty big and it's pretty windy, it can still be pretty, you know, pretty smooth, pretty good going. Um, against the wind is really rough and really violent feeling. You know, you, you just hit every wave and the boat just shudders. Um, and yeah, at times you think like, oh, the, the boat, I don't know, like you're sure the boat's going to be fine, but there's still that voice in the back of your head. Like, you know, you don't know if at any moment something could break. Um, it shouldn't, but you never know. Like maybe the guy who built, you know, maybe the guy who did like some little patch of, uh, lamination on the hull was like, you know, super hung over that day or something. I don't know. 
you know, and he's like, ah, it's pretty good enough, whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I work on boats myself, and I'm not saying I do anything like that, but uh, you, you can see how something might go wrong. You yeah, know? for sure, for sure. And so there was never really any time that it was like, oh, this is actually pretty sketch. I mean, being able to check the weather and stuff gave you guys enough planning that you never had to be put in that situation, basically? That's a, Yeah, that's it. Um you know, we would wait for the right weather to leave port, uh, usually, you know, if, if you're in a long enough passage, like, you know, like our, our passages that were a week to 10 days plus, like anything longer than that, you don't have any idea what's going to happen after that once you leave. Um, you know, the, you just got no idea if some system might, might form or, or uh, you know, some bad weather might start brewing. But if you were within that window, you know, you had a pretty good idea of, um, you know, you look at the patterns of like what kind of what happens and on, on what schedule. Uh, and you'd, you'd try to plan for the best total trip. You know, sometimes we, we even leave when the weather wasn't that great, like when you were leaving, because it was like, uh, it'd be the last couple of days of this. And then it's really, really nice for the entire next week. Whereas if you left, like you waited until it like got really good maybe that day before you got there again, it would be that, you know, that bad change again where you're like, Oh, like every seven days it's shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't be getting there on day seven. You need to, you know, kind of leave on the tail end of something and then get there when it's still good. Right. Uh, Damn, dude, that's crazy. What, what, how did the relationship with your dad change? Spending two years with him. Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like we actually got along really, really well. Um, overall, you know, we, there were tense moments here and there. And unfortunately the worst part of it all was definitely like at the very end of our trip. Um, my mom, like I said earlier, my mom joined us back in the Caribbean. Um, and so it was four of us on the boat for, uh, for a while, me and Amanda and my parents and, um, things just got a little bit tense towards the end there. We, we had like weeks of bad weather and it's supposed to be really nice in the Caribbean in the in the spring but it was just crappy it was rainy and like there was no wind and it was I don't know everywhere we went we just there was like literally this cloud following us and um that wore on us a little bit you know we got short here and there like there was one time when I was he was like having trouble dealing with the boat because the wind came up and this and that and I was sitting like right there kind of waiting for him to maybe ask for help or you know he, he seemed to have it under control and then he asked me for his, my help and like i kind of got up and started helping him and he just like snapped about something i was like this is not you like this is not us but so it got a little hairy here and there but that's just that's just close quarters i mean all things considered it was incredible how well we got along and, um just how easy it was most of the time but yeah like we 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 certainly matured, um, or, or I guess, you know, I kind of matured into a, a different role than when we left. You know, I, I knew how to sail when we left, and I was a, I was a competent sailor. But um, obviously, both of us, we, we gained so much experience by the time we were back that we both felt, you know, like way, way more capable, and um, you know, we both just totally respected each other's opinion on you know, what we should do or if. Um, with different situations or like at night, you know, when just one of us was on watch, the other one was sleeping, you know, I knew that he'd wake me up if something had to be done and, and vice versa. Um, yeah, I don't, I feel like he like literally never woke me up like the entire time practically. Like, maybe cause like I would usually, he's a heavier sleeper than I am. And, uh, you know, if, if the boat was like really starting to rock it out of control and we had too much sail up and the wind was, was up and we were just flying along, like you don't sleep that well offshore, you know, you kind of know. And I would just come up and be like, is, are we okay? Like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I was thinking about coming to get you, whatever. I was, I was a lot quicker to be like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, that, that sounds like such a dad thing, doesn't it? Well, because I feel like when you're a kid, still, you still have, like, those instincts to, like, oh, get my dad, he'll know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I was a little bit more conservative than he was, too, which is funny, because I race a lot and he no you think he's more conservative than me Amanda's shaking her head I don't know that's crazy maybe, maybe these days I just send it <laughs> 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 I 
So wait, do you guys? Someone always had to be awake on the boat while you're going. Kind of. Um, at night, somebody was on watch. So when it was the three of us, which was honestly most of the miles we did, it was the three of us: um, me, my dad, and Amanda. And when it was uh, when it was us three, it was easy to chunk the. the we made like a, a twelve-hour night from seven to seven. Um, so we, we would each just take one four-hour watch. Um, and it was pretty easy that way. You know, you'd you'd get eight hours out of that twelve where you were off watch. You could sleep. You could just hang out. You know. If you felt like you weren't tired, you know, watch a movie or make some food or whatever, but you were just, you didn't have to be in charge of anything. Um, but when you were on watch, you know, when we were in the middle of nowhere, which was most of the time, you know, you, you literally, you don't see any other boats. There's no land or anything to worry about. There's no, there's nothing. It's just open ocean. And when the weather is good and you're just moving along, um, you know, we would just take naps. You know, I'd, I'd set like a 20 minute timer. Um, you wake up every 20 minutes while you're on watch and um, kind of look around, do a little visual check. You'd check the um, the different systems you had for seeing if there was any other boats around, like radar and AIS, which is another thing. Um, kind of just check, you know, make sure you're on course so the autopilot hasn't, like, stopped working or something. Or, you know, you just kind of make sure everything's as it should be. And then you just tap out again. You set your little 20-minute timer. Um, and then when your watch is over, you go, um, you know, usually whoever was coming on watch would just, they'd come up, you know, a minute or so before the the time was up. And uh, you'd say, hey, this is the situation. If if there was actually a boat around or if there was some squall in the area or whatever, you know, you'd, you'd kind of give them like a super quick, you know. A debrief. Uh, yeah, a little debrief. And then you'd just conk out or if that was usually a good time to, to make any changes too if you were like hey thinking about doing such and such like maybe the wind's coming up um but it's not so bad i don't really need to go wake them up like right now i'll just wait till we switch watches you know and then you could you could make changes um while you were both up for that you know that 10 minutes or whatever and man, then you feel good about yeah, it, it sounds so cool man because Here's what I picture in my head when I picture somebody sailing around the world. I picture George Clooney in the in the perfect storm. So I picture you guys are either like just getting wrecked by these giant waves, like water coming on board, stuff like that. Or I picture it being just boring as shit. Just I picture George Clooney, then I picture Tom Hanks and Castaway. Those are the two yeah, right. things I picture. But hearing you talk about it it sounds pretty neat in the fact that you're constantly evaluating and analyzing as to kind of the, the weather patterns. And like you said, the, um, um, the currents and what the yeah. sail is doing and all these different things come together. It just sounds much more intellectually stimulating than I pictured. And obviously you're saying that, you know, there were a few rough spots of weather, but overall it was pretty nice. Um, that's not what I pictured. I pictured George yeah. Clooney, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those are definitely the two extremes, and we did have both of those for sure. Like, especially, you know, in the Atlantic Ocean, we had Tom Hanks for days. We were just <laughs> sweating, like fully, fully sweating. Just it was at least ninety degrees all the time, maybe even higher. You know, we like I said, we would we would try to watch movies in the afternoon. There was a good stretch of time where we were just like, we can't, I can't even. We can't be down below. I can't like focus on a movie. I don't want to be on my bed because I'm just dripping sweat. And you know, the wind was light, and you just kind of just drifting along, going slow. You're ready to be there. You know, you're like over it already. Um, and there were those times when it was really rough and it was crappy, and um, the boat was just rocketing along. And um, yeah, I know it, it's not like a crazy story or anything, but one, you know, I remember distinctly one night our um, our cupboard that had like all of our plates and bowls and stuff in it. The, there's like a hinge that keeps it closed, but I guess there was enough force of like the stuff sliding around in there that it just burst open and these plates went flying all across the boat. Only one of them broke somehow, but uh, you know, you, you wake up in the middle of the night to hear this like just shattering, and you're like, "What is going on?" Yeah. Yeah, Amanda was on watch. She says she's give me a sad face god man it's, it's crazy yeah, so it's nuts man 
I'd feel bummed out if we never had any bad weather, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you got to have some sort. You might as well have just, like, like gone into it. one. And and a huge part of that that can't be stressed enough is that um, when you're in the tropics, it's just pretty calm. It's pretty – it's really, really steady and stable and nice. And that's why people sail in the tropics. Um, also, you know, the destinations are what you think of as, like, exotic and beautiful. It's the clear water and the, the volcanic – slopes and all that stuff you know practically everywhere you go looks like hawaii uh, yeah. or like um like some little flat coral atoll where there's like almost no land it's just these little strips of coral that you know um make out a lagoon it's kind of those two those are the two main formations there are um and it's awesome but uh people do cruise in like the higher latitudes like down in like Patagonia or in like Norway or Alaska or and that's like super gnarly all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's perfect storm stuff. Like yeah, every like three days it's just nuking. Yeah, the Alaska crab fisherman kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's like on your own little private boat that you're just there like purely for leisure. You know, you're not working. You're not like <laughs> it, much fewer people do that. You know. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of a common uh, tr- uh, transition or uh, pro- progression, I guess you'd say, of a lot of people go off cruising in the tropics and they're like, well, what else is there to do? You know, where else can we go? And then maybe they'll do a Cape Horn trip or they'll go to, yeah, like some of these other higher latitude places just for variety. Um, and there is so much to see everywhere. That's, uh, that's why I, I can never stop thinking about cruising. Because, you know, like I said earlier, to visit all the places that you loved and that you'd love to go back to, but also just like there's endless list of awesome stuff to do and places to go see. Well, it's amazing. Freedom. Your boat is like just so cool. Yeah, man. It's I mean, it's like um, it's a lot of freedom. You know, it's like a you got the motorcycle when you're on the land that gives you kind of that sense of freedom. But when you're yeah. on the water like that, I mean, were there places that you could dock? I know you're saying you need to get permits to dock in certain areas that were busy, but what if you come across some island where other coves that you guys could just, you know, dock off the cove there or um, anchor off the cove, I guess, and kind of just chill out there and go up on shore with a little dinghy or something like that? Yeah, that's uh, that's mostly what we did. You're um, you're actually physically like connected to a dock very little. You're almost always anchored. Um, and that's a whole other challenge. You know, you've got to pick a good little spot to go. You're looking at the bottom, um, make sure there's no coral, and figuring out where you're going to swing if you're not going to hit any other boats, or um, you know how deep it is, how much chain you put out, all that stuff. Uh, and then yeah, you got to get in the dinghy and get to, you got to figure out where to go with the. You know, you've never been to this place before. There's very crappy information you can get from trying to research these places and. It's amazing. Like we're in a world of GPS, right? You can tell someone exactly where something is with a, a lat long, but you'll read these cruising guides or like these little cruiser posts about some place, and they'll still say like, "Yeah, you're coming in, and at, you'll look. There's a, a prominent hill to the kind of ish to the left, and you'll line that up with this yellow house, and it's the three houses down. You know, you'll talk to John, and you're like, what? Just tell me where the dock is. Give me a freaking waypoint. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why we have to still. It's like, oh, should you send me a fax? You know. I'm page you. Yeah, man, that's old school. Yeah. That's I mean, cool, man. Um, it's 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 crazy. I mean, I can't imagine. I can't think of any other thing that is more freedom oriented or that represents just being free than sailing around the world on your own fucking boat wherever you want to go. And yeah. picking spots that you want to sail to, um, and just cruising. I mean, I just can't imagine anything else topping that. Me neither, and that's why I want to go again. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting up, and going to work every day is not the same thing. Um, it's important too, but one day, you know, go again and. Uh, who knows what the route will be? I don't know. Check out some new spots. It's yeah, man. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I mean, you could also almost do like a round the world where you stop in each place for, 
you know, instead of flying around the world, right, where people like, oh, I'm going to fly here and stay there for a month and fly there and stay there for a month, you could conceivably do the same thing just on a boat, right? Yep, sort of. Um, that's actually kind of one of the difficulties of the whole thing that it has to really be planned out and is the the biggest constraint on it all is kind of the the seasons. Um, you know, we've got you, in the tropics, you've got hurricanes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. During the summer. Fuck, can you imagine that, dude? Can you imagine being out there with Maria coming in? No, I can't. That's that's like there's almost no surviving, you know, certain scenarios. Yeah. Um but that's what puts constraints on like what where you can be and when and, and it but it, it helps to kind of logically uh shape the route. You know, there there's a little bit less voice than you think there might be in terms of like all that. You can uh you kind of know, all right, well, if the hurricane season is between this month and this month and it affects this region, you just can't be there for that portion of time. So you've got to sail on through and then get to uh, – that's that's why we went to New Zealand for that period of time. We arrived in November. That's like kind of the beginning of summer there. It's early summer. And then you get you get down into the high latitudes into New Zealand where there aren't storms like that really. You know, they're they're kind of specific to the tropics. Um, so you bring the boat down there and you just hang out and, uh, and wait till May when it's no longer summer and it's starting to be really crappy in New Zealand. And, uh, and you head back up to the tropics and after that. And do you, do you, is there a motor on these boats at all or is it all sails? Mm. No, there's definitely motors. Okay. Uh, I've always wondered that, man. People are like, yeah, I'm going sailing. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. what, what, what happens if the wind just stops? What? You guys get out the paddles or what? No, we we definitely had engines, um, and you use them mostly for maneuvering, like in tight spaces. But yeah, if there's just no wind and you're you're cruising, or the wind's in front of you, and you're just really trying to get somewhere, you know, you just fire up the engine and you motor. Um, everything about turning the engine on is bad compared to sailing. So we'd really like to sail. Um, you know, when you when you fire up the engine. You are going slower because the boat can sail faster than it can motor if there's good breeze. So if you're motoring, you're probably going slow. Um, you're using fuel that you've purchased and that you'll have to go find where there's a fuel station and go walk there with these jugs that are super heavy when you get to some place that you'd rather be, you know, chilling out and, and doing something fun instead of getting fuel. Yeah. So you got to re- replenish that, you know, and it's um, it's noisy. It, the engines in our boat were right behind, um, like, the headboard of where your uh, your bed is. Um, so it would be loud and vibrate, and it would heat up your bedroom. Uh, you know, like, every single thing about it was bad. So we would always try to sail as much as we could. Um, we'd end up starting to go, like, really slow before we'd turn on the engine. You, know, you just hope, like, oh, maybe get a wind shift or it'll come up again a little bit more, and you'd reluctantly fire it up, and then, and then of course you're going a lot faster because you just find after you've been not going anywhere, and so this like irrational part of you is like, hey, we're like we're like moving, maybe we could sail, you know, maybe yeah, we yeah. can. The wind's better than we thought. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you throttle it back down, and you're like, oh no, of course we're just going because we're motoring, right? Okay. And you you do that probably like ten times, and so you're just like, you know what? We're just gonna motor. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a constant battle, like in your mind, of like, oh, do we really have to? Maybe we can. I don't want to, you know. Yeah. Just nah. Just just wait. Let's just wait it out. Mm-hmm. Did, do you guys have any? Um, you know, like dolphins, whales, I mean, stuff that came up to the boat. I mean, any kind of close encounters with wildlife? Absolutely. There's, there's so much, um, so many encounters with dolphins and, and really big pods of them occasionally when you're offshore, like hundreds of dolphins. My, oh my God. Uh, all over the boat. And uh, um, that, that was pretty common. Uh, much less common were whale encounters, but we did have them here and there. The, um, the most spectacular whale encounters we had, I would say, was when we were leaving Cape Town and we were in the Atlantic. So when, when we were in Cape Town, we went to this marine store and this guy who was working there, uh, he was started chatting with us and he was telling us about like the whales around Cape Town, how they're just like, like dangerous almost where 
you can hit them or they can um, almost like charge your boat or he was showing us pictures of this boat that he was racing on in False Bay, which is on the east side of uh, Cape Peninsula. And he was like, yeah, we hit this whale and it ripped the entire like back part of the boat off and they almost sank. And so this was in our mind when we were leaving Cape Town, we're like, oh man, there's whales around here. And like, they could be a problem. And we're sailing along. It was like getting to, it was like sunset. Amanda and I were, were chilling out in the captain's chair, just, just kind of just looking around. And these humpbacks were breaching like everywhere. There were a few, you know, a ways away in front of us. And we were kind of watching that. And um, humpbacks do this thing where they like put their peck fin kind of out in the water like that. I'm not sure what it's about. But, huh? Fin flapping yet? Yeah, it might be a mating. Oh yeah, thing. they think that's. Uh, I did some research on them in Hawaii. They think it's a mating thing or it's territorial too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they were doing that, and then we're kind of just watching them, you know, off in the distance. And I'm, I'm not. I don't really remember exactly what happened, but we're just kind of just looking at these whales like pretty far away, and then one breached like. I don't know, a couple boat lengths away, like really close. No shit. Like the waves like came up like and hit the boat pretty much. Yeah, practically. And we were just like, whoa, you know, it was, it was kind of scary. We're like, uh, are they going to get closer? Is this going to be a problem? You know? Yeah. Uh, we were sailing fast and, and, um, you know, I, you don't really know to what extent the whales can anticipate like how fast you're moving or if they're you know on the surface in front of you and they might say like oh you know there's this thing coming at me and boom, dude yeah. right yeah or do uh, they even care i mean uh, yeah i don't know i mean they it's uh boats can hit whales like it's a thing um especially if you're moving fast and thankfully none of that happened but it was yeah it was a little it was a little nerve-wracking um it was exciting you know to have these huge whales right next to you and that was super cool yeah uh, we had a lot of uh, a lot of really cool encounters with birds too. Um, occasionally, like uh, like when we were leaving the port, a um, a little land bird, like a like a little finch or a little you know something you'd see when you're eating a bagel, like sitting under your table, like just picking at crumbs. You know, one of those little birds would uh, would hitchhike on the boat for a while because they would have somehow gotten like blown offshore. And they're not seabirds; they're not supposed to be out there. Um, They'd be like, oh, my God, there's a little, you know, thing that I can land on. And they'd ride with you for a while. How long? Uh, I don't know. I feel like this one, I think we named it uh, Andrew. He he rode with us for probably a day or so. He was this, like, really cool, like, little orange and black, um, I don't know, like, finch-looking bird. That's fucking um, Like, one morning we woke up and there were, like, like, six gulls of some sort on the boat, just all, like, hanging out. Just looking for a little place to hang out. Um, we saw albatrosses here and there, which were like a, they're really, um, and they're kind of like known in sailing. They're, they're, uh, you got to get pretty far south to see them. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you know, when you're albatross, it's like a really, uh, it's a cool experience. You're like, wow, we're like kind of, you know, we're not in the tropics anymore. Like we're, kind of where the weather gets gnarly and we're, you know, we're we're down where there's freaking albatrosses. So seeing them was super cool. They're huge. Um, they're, they're the biggest, I want to say they're the biggest, some of the biggest birds there are, you know, like three meter wingspan or something stupid. And, Dude, that's, um, yeah, that's gnarly stuff. Um, did you guys record any of this? Like, did you, did you document this and, and, you know, but I feel like you could have made a badass coffee table book out of this whole adventure that I would buy. We had buy. grand designs of doing that more so than we did. Um, I had a blog going when I left and started, and then I kept it up for pretty much, you know, here and there for like the first year or so. Mm. But like with big chunks missing, you know, like every post would start like, hey, I haven't written anything in a while, you know, sure. I'm really trying to be better. But classic, dude, that's classic. Anytime yeah. you journal something is like, yeah, the first few days or the week, you're, yeah. you know, you're on top of it and then it just slowly fades. Yeah, Amanda did the same thing. She she had one going and um, wrote a couple of really cool posts, but it was you know, it's few and far between, um, mostly just, just for us to have. And, um, 
but yeah, we, we do actually have a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of really good pictures. Like the, you can, you can kind of flick through all the pictures and get a really good sense of the time frame of it all and um, get a whole chronology there. Uh, Amanda made a cool, um, she edited a cool like video that's spliced together video clips and photos set to some music of like all the different places that we went together. That was really, really nice. It's an awesome way to like kind of just summarize the trip and be able to even like we'll watch it occasionally just to, mm-hmm. just to enjoy. Um, and you'd be like, oh, I forgot about that, or you know, oh, like little, little. Is that on? Here. Is that on YouTube? So I can find it and put it on the site when when I post this. Um. Yeah, it is. Uh, I can. I can I'll have her. Yeah, I'll have her send it to me, or I'll have you send it to me, because then I can, then I can put it up and stuff. Because I'm sure people would, you know, once they talk to you, they're gonna want to see something. You know, they're gonna want to. Yeah. I'm gonna want yeah, to yeah. see it. A very good. Um... It'd be it'd be good to get yeah a better idea of like you could definitely watch you'd enjoy it I'm sure yeah I want to check it out yeah um, I <laughs> yeah and then like so to kind of wrap it up it's already been an hour man that's quick um what a you know like if somebody was to kind of hear the story and just think man I would love to just get into sailing or I'm thinking about doing something like that I mean where would you advise they start or like where can they reach out to you to just kind of like see what's up. So the advice that I would give anybody and that I think is is really true and that people don't realize how kind of accessible this is, you know, if, if you live somewhere where there is sailing, you know, if, if you're in the if you're in the middle of the country, it might be a lot harder. But, you know, like you can find a spot to, to crew on somebody's boat pretty easily, The um, like locally, just to kind of learn a little bit more about it, see if it is something you really like. Um, especially if you're interested at all in trying to get into racing, um, even like really low key stuff, like, you know, super easy program. Nobody's trying to like yell at anybody or just, just have fun out on the water. All these skippers, all these boat owners, they've got these cool boats, but they need a lot of people to go get them out on the water. Um, there's almost always like a shortage of crew for, um, for at least, a you know, several boats in the area. Oh, uh, we're doing this regatta this weekend, but uh, my normal guy is gone. You know, like you need, you need like somewhere between for a small boat, eight people to go racing and a big boat, 20 people to go racing. Um, It's really, really easy for there to be, you know, a vacancy here and there. So people could get into it that way. Um, You know, you could go to a, a a sailboat rigging shop or a, um, a sail maker or any kind of sailing specific industry place and say, Hey, I'm, I want to, especially if you already know how to sail and you're just trying to get hooked up with a ride, you know, you could easily just start talking to people and, um, find a boat that way. And, and thirdly, just look at like crew finder websites on online. You know, there's definitely posts. I got, I sailed with a guy, uh, one day out here in San Diego when we first moved out here, just cause I found his post online. Um, you know, hey, I've got such and such boat, and I'm looking for crew. I just came to town. Um, I messaged him, and we went race. You know, we went sailing one one evening. Um, it's not that hard. You know, there's definitely opportunities for people um, to do local stuff, and then in the same vein with the crew finder things for uh, for people that are doing longer trips. You know, like it it's hard if you're just just a guy or just a girl that owns a boat and you've got no one to to sail with you from from this point to this point in the world um, for like long ocean passage stuff. We met a bunch of people that were actually crewing with, with different boats. Um, some friends that we, uh, the, this guy from California that we met and this girl, um, you know, they, they just hopped on boats here and there and uh, covered a lot of the world that way. Uh, you know, you, other people's boats are where it's at. Trust me, <laughs> dude. It's badass. Yeah, man. Uh, there's this website called Workaway that I've used quite a few times to find farms to work on and stuff like that, or hostels. Right. And they'll have people that need help. They're crossing the Atlantic, and they need someone to join them to help them out on the boat. Mm-hmm. And you can ride for free, and you can eat for free. Just help them out on the boat, and you can cross the Atlantic for free. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a mutually beneficial thing. You know, they these. These boats and these boat owners, they want nice, good, you know, good people to help them out. And there's these people that want to do that. And so, you know, it's, it's 
I'm not saying you know it'll happen tomorrow if you start looking, but like you can if 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 you're flexible and your schedule is kind of here or there, you know, you're like I want to travel and one way I want to do this is by water. You can definitely make it happen. Like I said, we met people that did that. You what? We met tons of people that were doing that. Yeah, like a a lot of people that were crewing on the uh, the boats that across the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean with us, kind of in this like a lot of them were just just crew that they you know they weren't they weren't like me and my dad like we're you know family yeah yeah so so we met online we talked we you know and then you just get on the boat it's like hitchhiking it's hitchhiking for the 21st century on water it totally is hitchhiking yeah but you have to with that person yeah 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 Yeah, that's badass man well we got to get you another another big adventure so that you can uh come on here and talk about it dude so um but uh yeah i'll post this soon and um and uh get everything else out there dude and i'll get some pictures from me and everything but um yeah yeah, dude but yeah thanks for coming on man and uh taking the time to share the story dude and then we'll have you on for another one when you sail around north to south right (laughs) right yeah absolutely no it was a good time um it was fun you know fun talking about it all yeah dude all right we'll stick around for a sec we'll end it there though Ooh, that is fucking adventure right there. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did uh, talking to him. I'm going to post a bunch of his videos and stuff of their trip and some pictures. You guys can see the boat and everything. It's going to be alexstar.com slash sailing. All right, so check that out. When this is up, that should be up. Um, and uh, let me know once again if you guys know anybody that would be great to have on the show if there's people rewriting the rules of their life with their relationships with their job with their travel with the way they're living with all these amazing possibilities we have at our motherfucking fingertips let me know DM me Um, would love to get in touch with them alright y'all talk to you soon bye I don't know why I said talk to you soon like I'm on the phone or something alright I'm cutting this